Welcome to FitChix Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educate and empower women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by FitChix Academy, where we help heart-centered women who love health and fitness get certified as fitness and nutrition coaches and build amazing businesses. If you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for any of our upcoming certifications that you can read more about at FitChixAcademy.com. Now let's dive into this week's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. Hello everyone and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn and on today's podcast I am super honored and excited because I have Rebecca Hammond from the new the Nourished Doula joining me. Hi Rebecca. Hello, Amanda. How are you today? I'm good. And so, Rebecca, I mean, just for our listeners to know your background, you are a graduate of our program of the fitness and nutrition expert, and then you went on and you've done other education. You you kind of started off, though, with like a fitness program, and then it has evolved over the years. Can you tell us a little bit more about that evolution of from where you began and then sort of where you went. And also I'm really curious to know, because now your business is called the Nourish Doula. Where does, what does that mean to you? What does that represent to you? That is a very wonderful question. And it's interesting because I was thinking about this evolution today of just how we've really come full circle together. Mm-hmm. It started on the floor while I was in England I don't know if you remember this. I I was going through the darkest time of like, what am I doing with my life? My -hmm. health was at its worst. I was 170 pounds, which for my frame, like is not great. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was at a loss. I knew that I had a passion for health and fitness because I had been on this journey myself, but it had taken a very negative turn. I ended up becoming orthorexic and that whole spiral. So while I was sitting on the floor having this conversation with you, you're talking about everything. I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. And I have to heal for myself before I can actually be able to help people. So it started off with understanding fitness and nutrition from a very holistic perspective. And then that moved into wanting to learn more about nutrition when I did then the holistic, um, nutrition program. That's right. Because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to better understand what was going on in my body so that then I could actually make real lifestyle changes from a place of education. I'm very much a person who wants to know the science behind it as well as the mind-body connection in order for things to fully integrate instead of being like, just do this. Well, why? So that's my whole principle of everything. I'm very like, I want to know why. And what I noticed through this journey was that my cycle was very much out of alignment my whole life. And I realized that the foods and the lifestyle choices that I was making was actually making this worse. So -hmm. when I made that connection, it was like, okay, well now how can I look into what food lifestyle choices are actually going to support my hormones? And we learned so much about that in the program. How can I start to repair this? And that became my mission. So I did that. And now I'm on this journey of becoming um, a holistic reproductive practitioner. And that encompasses being a doula. um, There's reflexology, all of these different holistic factors that come into it. So for me, the nourished doula and being a nourished woman is understanding and nourishing yourself from a mind, body, soul, and then womb, which is not often talked about. Mm -hmm. connection. So everything comes from that place. And I truly believe that when we are living in flow with our cycle and operating through each phase, then as women, we thrive because Mm -hmm. that's a part of who we are. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that it's a part that is becoming a little bit more conversation today, but before it wasn't really something that people talked about or even thought about, right? They never really thought about how their cycle affects their day to day. Would you mind just sharing with our listeners too, like what the difference, um, the different cycles are or the different phases. Um, phases. Thank you. That's what yeah. phases are within a cycle. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is something that I never understood. Like I, like so many women, you just operate in this traditional, like 24 hour cycle. You yeah. do the same thing every single day. You eat the same thing every single day. You do the same work at every single right? day, but that's actually not how we're designed. Yeah. We actually have our menstrual cycle, which is now they're calling it the infradian rhythm. And we, our hormones move through four different phases. And there's a combination that we go through each month or cycle. So I like to start with um, the first phase when is the, and the first new cycle is the first day of your bleed. Right. So the way I describe it to make it more sense and just like for people to connect with it more is that's your winter. So this right. is a time to actually rest and not do anything. You chill out. We are not in this push, 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 have tampons up and just like get on with your day, deal with the pain because <laughs> that's actually doing a disservice to our hormones, but emotionally and mentally and spiritually as well. And then reproductively, because you're not allowing time for your body to rest, to go inward. You're super intuitive at this time. So if you're pushing through, then you're actually not getting those intuitive hits, those messages that are there for you to again, move into like, which is the next phase, which is spring. So your follicular phase, mm -hmm. you're missing that time to chill out. It's almost like we go through this death, life, rebirth cycle each phase. So if you're missing this, this important phase of death and shedding and letting go, then you're not creating space for new in the follicular phase, which is the spring. So it's your inner spring. You get, um, your energy starts to increase. So mm -hmm. that's when your workouts are going to start to get a little bit more active. Cardio is amazing during this time. Um, just, you're going to start to plant all those seeds that you have. You had those downloads in your winter. You're going to plant those seeds and start to take progress. Let yourself be seen because you have that more masculine energy. And then you move into the follicular phase where you have, that's, or not follicular, your ovulatory phase, which is your mm -hmm. summer and you're in your full expression. So a lot of the world really wants women to be operating in this follicular and ovulatory phase where we're always sunshiny, bright, we're expressive, we're in our full expression of our sex and we're just magnetic. Everything comes to us at this time, but that's not sustainable. We then move into the fall where your hormones start to drop and mm -hmm. You want to actually go inward. And this is where women see a lot of issues with PMS. If they're not taking that time to rest and ebb and flow through those phases, then you're creating more dis-ease in your body. You're going against your natural physiology, which is why we're experiencing so much disease is we're not connected to that feminine and that resting and going inwards. And then you move back into your menstrual cycle. So it flows like the seasons, but we're constantly living in spring and summer and that's just not sustainable. It's so interesting the way you described it. I almost thought of it too as like almost the way for me, the seasons make sense, but I also think of it almost like how the sun is during those seasons. Like, yeah. when, you know, here in Canada, at least the sun is like, you know, at its brightest and it's shining for the longest periods of time because it has the most energetic state during like the summer and the springtime. But then in the fall, it starts getting darker. 
sooner. So it's almost like everything starts shutting down a little bit faster, a little bit earlier. So I'm kind of thinking of it from that perspective for oh, myself. Totally. Yeah. It kind of like, it kind of relates visually for that. That's very, yeah. very cool. Now, why would you say that, you know, when it comes to our cycle health, why do you think that so many women struggle? Because I know that this is like a big, whether it's struggling with like just having missed periods or people having like a lot of like cramps and a lot of issues. Is there something in particular or a few things? I'm sure it's not one thing, but is there some things in particular that really cause that struggle to happen or it's almost like a power struggle within themselves? Okay. So this is a really wonderful question. I'm glad you're asking this. I've been doing a lot of research myself on this in particular. And what I keep finding when I'm talking to women who are suffering from reproductive health issues, specifically with PCOS, I'm finding, and then endometriosis, there's a piece there as well. Mm -hmm. We often in the medical community and even in the health community, we look at like our food, our lifestyle choices, and right. We, those are very important pieces to it because what we eat impacts our hormone levels. But what I've been noticing is there's a huge disconnect with the feminine. And we are living in a world where it's very masculine driven. And I'm not talking about men. I'm just talking about like the energy. It's the energy. go, 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 mm -hmm. do, do, do. We um, don't take time for ourselves to spend time in nature. And a lot of the women that I talk to actually have a deep wound with the feminine. Either they were felt afraid to be a girl or to live in this world. And I, I can speak for myself as a five-year-old. I knew that the only way to survive in this world would be to reject everything feminine about me. Right. So that I'm finding is a really key factor in what women are experiencing, because I believe that when we have these thoughts about ourselves, our body then creates that reality. So right. if you're a woman who's had fear of being a woman, or you've rejected being the feminine, or you've rejected your sexuality, all of these things that make us women, you're pushing yourself all the time, then you're telling your body, A, it's not safe to possibly produce those hormones to respond and flow with your natural cycle. Mm -hmm. And then that's where I'm seeing that connection of the dis-ease. So I would say for women who are struggling, take some time to connect with your inner child and really go inwards and ask yourself, do I feel safe? Is there a time in my life where I rejected being a woman or didn't feel inadequate or superior and actually felt inferior? And how has that shown up in certain areas of my life? Because that's what happened for me. Once I rejected the feminine, then I had those sister wounds. I was bullied, so it didn't feel safe to be a woman. My first sexual experience was also pretty negative. Again, not safe to be a woman. Right. Then that impacted my lifestyle choices because I didn't care about my body. And I've, I've done some research and seeing that um, with PCOS, if there is that connection, it can actually halt ovulation because your body is like, it's not safe, so we're not going to do it. Right. So that's where I would say, like, look at the core wounds, see how, what does it feel like to be a woman? Do you feel safe? And then notice how those, those feelings are playing out in your everyday life and the choices that you're making. Interesting. Now, I know that you're saying like about being safe. Do you think that the go, 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 do, do, do mentality, which I think a lot of women have, because I know even for myself, I can speak for myself, like that's very much, I feel like I'm never doing enough. Like that's mm. always my mentality. It's like, I always feel like, oh, I should be doing more. Do you think that that is, because that's like a very masculine sort of energy. Do you think that's, I don't know if that necessarily comes from being unsafe, but a different mentality of feeling like 
I don't know, like it's almost like a, you have to produce more, like you have mm-hmm. to show up more. You have to like be like better because of this. Do you think okay. that that, do you think yep. that that's still connected to safety though? Or do you think it's like a different sort of connection? I would, you could see it as a connection to safety because you're having to overproduce or um, I even found this with myself, like I'm not going to be taken seriously if I don't have all of these criteria and I'm not going to be taken seriously if I don't produce or if I'm not working hard enough or my value, where's your value wrapped around in that too? Like how are we not just enough in who we are Mm -hmm. in resting, being the value and taking time to take care of ourselves and nurture ourselves? I think in just like your body doesn't know the difference between um, like if you're being attacked by a bear, I know we've talked about this in ethne and the difference between like overworking, it's still the same stress response in the body. (laughs) So it's creating an unsafe environment. So it's looking at, yeah, if you're over, if you're overworking, then I think that you're, you're making your body not feel safe as it is in this like natural state of being. So it might not even be like the mindset around it. It might just be the reactive state around it that's causing the reaction in your body. Interesting. Totally. That totally makes sense. Now, for someone who may be going through this or recognizing that they are having a bit of an imbalance, what are some of the things that, like, how does someone even begin? Like, I know you're saying, like, take a step back and, like, really evaluate, like, if you're feeling safe. But how does someone really begin the process of repairing that relationship with their reproductive health? Mm, I think education for me has been the biggest thing. And a lot of us don't even know that we have four phases. Right. And we don't even know that we operate differently than men. So mm-hmm. for me, it was understanding um, just... Uh, during the program, like learning how to eat for my hormones was huge. Understanding that you need to have a protein, a fiber and fat at every meal for blood sugar balancing, like start there. If you're not even just starting with the basics of health, um, looking at too, like how much toxicity you have in your home and in your environment, Mm because that those are endocrine disruptors. So they're going to impact your cycle. Um, for me, I think the biggest thing is looking at how much you're doing. Like if you're in that constant, like I'm going to go a hundred miles at the same speed every single day and not take time to chill out, then that's going to create dis-ease in your body. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And as I women, know. We, ha- we are feminine cyclical beings. Rest is so important. So if you are not taking that time to rest, even if it's just during the first day of your bleed, and saying like setting those boundaries and saying, listen, like I need a day to not do anything. If you can, obviously yeah. life happens. Maybe it's even starting with an hour, but putting yourself in that position to rest and receive will start to allow your body to relax and then come into that feminine. Interesting. So there's lots of different factors, but I think really like reflecting at how much output you're putting in versus your receiving. And that's a big thing I see with a lot of women and touches into that piece that where you're like, I feel like I'm not doing enough. Well, where, where is that being created? Like who's telling you that? Yeah. Because really as you are just being here as a human alive, that is enough and a miracle in of itself. So it's embodying both and looking at where that imbalance lies, because I do truly believe that it starts with an imbalance in the masculine feminine energy and how that's impacting our health and our well-being as women. 
I feel like too, if people took that advice, and I mean, I'm speaking even for myself, if I took that advice to just take a step back and take a break, I think that the one thing though that a lot of people will struggle with is the mindset piece as well that goes connected to that, right? Because someone like me, I'm just going to use myself as an example for everyone listening. Like for me, my days are, they begin very early. Uh, well, not very early. I'm not like a 5 a.m. getter upper. <laughs> That's not my vibe. But they start um, about two hours before everybody else in my house gets up. And then I usually finish, like after I put Maddie to bed, my daughter to bed, it's around 9, 9.30. And then I usually have like dishes to do or things like that. So by like 10 p.m. is when I'm like done my day, which is like a crazy long day from like 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. is like a crazy long day with like some days like today, my lunch sat on my desk for about two hours before I actually had time to like go sit and eat it. But I think the thing that a lot of people struggle with and I know even myself included is the mindset piece that goes connected. So I could take that time. I could take that hour and go and like, you know, I'm just going to like, I do walk away from my desk to eat most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, but even taking an hour makes me feel like so unproductive because I am so uber productive throughout my day or so jam packed. So how do you then help people get over the mindset piece around, like, I know what I do for me, but I'm curious to know what you recommend for people to do around the mindset piece. Cause I think it's just as important, if not the, of, of equal importance, um, to get through that piece. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was huge for me. And I always go back to questionings. And for me, when I see that, it's like, where are you valuing yourself? It's that self-worth, self-love piece of, if I don't do this, then I'm not going to be good enough or no one's going to love me. And if that's the case, like there's some work to be done with that. Like, how can you value yourself, especially as women? Like we're constantly thinking we're going to save the world and we will. It's happening, <laughs> but why are we self-sacrificing ourselves? And right. that's, that's, so it's looking at your own worth and that's hard. This is not easy work to do. It's mm-hmm. very challenging. And I recommend reaching out to a mentor or coach or finding those people that you can allow yourself to go there and do that work because it's, it can be very challenging. And if you're not feeling comfortable in your own body or you're feeling like you constantly need to produce to feel valued, then it's going to be very hard to put yourself first. So for me, it's constantly like asking those questions of why do I feel the need to do X, Y, and Z? Is that attached to my worth? And how can I come back to knowing that I am enough and everything I need is within and I don't need to look for external validation all the time because I am enough. And it's hard. Like our world is designed and set up this way. So it makes sense why so many women are struggling because we're been brought up in a system that wants us to continue to produce and Mm self-sacrifice and not trust ourselves and not trust our inner intuition and our inner knowing that we have within. It's almost like it's been shut off. Right. Because we're so disconnected. And that's why coming back into the feminine with your cycle and living in flow and learning how to do it. And trust me, it takes time. Like this has been an ongoing learning journey for myself to remind myself, like you don't need to constantly be putting things out there in order to be valuable. Mm -hmm. Like the inner time to relax is just important. And I think setting boundaries, learning to ask for help is another thing. Like, it's hard because for me, I'm very like blunt, like, well, just like, we got to go there. you got to go deep. And right. why are you doing this to yourself? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're not happy. You're not healthy. 
but you're the one in, in control of what your outcome is. So it's, I think it's, it's doing the deep inner healing work that is going to transform that mindset piece and coming back to self-worth and self-love in a round. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think that it's, it is really about that. And I think that so many women, we put on, it's almost like this like cloak of honor that we have that like, Oh, I'm so busy. I have so many things, you know, and I got to tell you guys, like when I shared with you, like my day, it's not because I'm like, Oh, look at me. I'm so busy. Like I genuinely wish that I was not that busy most of the time. It's just that I have a lot on my plate that I don't control. So there's a lot of things I do control, but there's things in my life that I don't control. And so I'm, unfortunately, that's just, you know, that's the way that my days are set up. But my point being is that we almost have this like feeling like we have to be these super women and we have to show up. But like, I guess what you're really saying is like recognizing that you are that already without having to add on all of these extra pieces. Yep. Yep. And getting into the mindset of that and like really honoring who you are and what you do every single day without having to add all the extra external pieces on. Absolutely. And too, when you start to work within your cycle and you use those energies, like I would even suggest for you, I mean, it might be hard because you're running this massive, incredible (laughs) corporation business that's supporting so many women around the world. But and I don't know how you could, you could change this, but I'll share this with the, the listeners of yeah. women who are in business because I think this is really important. As entrepreneurs, we can ultimately, that's where we go into it, to have that work freedom balance. But if you structure your um, productivity around the phases of your cycle where in the follicular phase and the ovulatory phase where you have all of that extra energy, mm-hmm to put all of your speaking engagements, um, do your meetings, all of those big things that require a lot of energy to do at that particular time and phase of your cycle, then you finish up those, those things or you go more into like the um, back end stuff during your luteal phase where you're, you don't have as much energy to be outwards, but you have still the energy to do the, the editing and all of those things you do mm-hmm. it during that time. And then during your bleed, you create time to not do things. So it's, you can schedule your life with the phase to maximize the energy and what you have. So there's that option too. No, that, I love that. And I think that, that is going to be really helpful for a lot of people because I do think that so many times we don't, like I said in the very beginning, like I'm so happy that we're having this conversation because I don't think that a lot of people recognize that there are these phases nor that these phases even affect how you, how you are energetically or how they should affect you. Yeah. So now what would you say to anyone? Um, I know we have to go, but I, I would love to hear your thoughts on what you would say to anybody who maybe right now is listening and they are having reproductive health issues and they're just thinking, you know, they want to conceive or they want to be at this place where they put things back into alignment because there is just such a, like, just a misalignment happening and they're aware of it. What would you say for them to be able to do? And would you like, can you speak from your own experience on that? Yeah. Um, I'm actually in that phase of life right now where I'm being really conscious and aware of my fertility and preparing for that transition from maiden to mother. And right now I'm looking at my life of where can I create space for that soul, that energy to come in Mm -hmm. and how can I um, continue to nourish myself and prepare my body before, because 
you're moving in and you know, as a mother who's given birth and I can't speak to this, but just yeah. assuming it's the biggest workout of your life, the biggest like, <laughs> marathon that you'll ever go you on. You mean actually having la- like in labor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I ended up having an emergency C-section. Okay. Uh, we had an emergency situation, but it was still challenging. I, I didn't have to actually go through a vaginal birth, so I didn't have like that huge marathon. It was a few hours and then something happened where um, they lost Maddie's heartbeat. And so they had to do an emergency C-section. So, but it was still a marathon in the sense of like, you know, a recovery aspect and everything else. It was like, I had no, I woke up in a recovery room and I had no idea where my baby was. It was like, it was bizarre. It was a mindset thing, I think for me more than anything from a healing perspective. Oh, absolutely. But doing and creating kind of that time and space for yourself Mm -hmm. to prepare and allow for this transition to happen. Because I think too, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And I've seen this with other women that things need to be all our ducks in a row. And I'm motherhood's not like that. You, do, you don't have much control. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, you're absolutely right. It's so funny. Cause I remember when I was pregnant, um, I was like, Oh my gosh, like we, the baby room is not ready. Like what's going on. Da, da, da. Like I was so freaked out about having this nursery all set up for her. And guys, she slept in my room for the first year. She had a bassinet and then eventually a crib in my bedroom next to me for an entire year. And so I didn't even use her bedroom. So I was so worried about getting everything perfect and it didn't even matter because I didn't use it for the first year of her life other than to put clothes in the drawers. <laughs> That's really the only thing that we ever used that room for. So it's just so interesting. It's very interesting. And then it goes back to your question. It's like, what can we do? Well, just prepare yourself. Like yeah. you are like giving life, creating life, and then sustaining life. And they really ultimately babies for the first year of their life, they just need love, food, sleep, connection. All the external doesn't matter. Yeah. They're not using it. They're going to sleep with you in your bed if that's how you do things. So just like mm-hmm. really, I think the best thing to, to do for, and this is what I'm doing for myself is really tuning into who I am why what why i want to bring this soul or this baby into the world like what's the reasoning behind it mm-hmm. um just really connecting with yourself because your life is going to totally transform and then it's not going to be about you so take <laughs> this time now to do that work to do the healing to nourish your body your mm-hmm. mind your soul your womb and honor that you're about to go on this crazy journey and just like relish in that time and that power of who you are as a woman but take care of you first. I think, no, and I I appreciate that so much, Rebecca, because I think that the idea of nourishing your body and taking care of it so that it is prepared for what is to come is the most important. And even after the baby is born, I know that we're Mm -hmm. talking about right now, like um, pre-pregnancy or like during pregnancy, but even afterwards, that nourishing aspect of self-care has to continue. And that was one thing I noticed even after, like so many times you see mothers that just like decide they don't have time for this anymore or that, you know, I, I remember for me, I was pushing myself a lot where when she would nap, I would work versus napping when I was tired, right? And so it's like those things where I look back now and I'm like, man, I really should have taken those naps. <laughs> but it's like, it's really just about honoring your body and honoring yourself and taking really good care of yourself. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that just carries out through everything because as mothers, we are the ones that are 
creating the life and then raising these children and how we take care of ourselves shows them how to take care of themselves. And I believe now we're in a time where we're breaking those cycles and those patterns where women are really being like, no, I matter. I'm going to take care of myself because when I do that, it ripples out into every area of my life. So start with yourself and don't feel selfish about it. Like you are here for a reason. You are important. You deserve all this nourishment because you're here to either share your gifts or birth the future generations. And that matters. Totally. I love that. Now for anyone listening, we do have to go. Unfortunately, I know that we could probably talk for hours, you and I, but um, for anybody who's listening right now, how would they reach out to you, find out more information about your programs? Because I know that you offer one-on-one coaching and you help people really just reconnect and realign. So how would they get in touch with you to be able to um, access that? So right now at The Nourish Doula is probably your best bet. Um, also, I've just launched a podcast. So if you're interested in learning more about that and other women's healing journeys, you can check me out at The Nourished Woman Podcast mm-hmm. or email, good old email. I'm the doula <laughs> at gmail.com. But yes, I'm actually in the process of about to launch a new program that teaches women literally how to live and flow with their cycle. And we do all of that work together. So it's not this solo journey. I find that women working together and hearing each other's stories is so powerful. So if that feels like it resonates with you or you're wanting to prepare your body before conceiving, this would be the perfect program to support you on that. That's wonderful. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us and for all the information. It's always such a pleasure chatting with you. Um, For everyone listening, thank you so much. And we will see you again next week. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career you love, Join us for the upcoming fitness and nutrition expert or our holistic nutrition weight loss expert certification programs. Download the brochures at fitchicksacademy.com.